Believe in yourself, reach out for your dreams. Don't surrender, there is more than it seems. Hold on and fight, follow your heart. This is your way, love is what you make of it. Hi, this is Dr. Joe Luciani, along with my wonderful daughter. You like that, Lauren? Wonderful. Thank you. Yes, love it. And co-host, Lauren Simonian, welcoming you to another session of self-coaching where real life emotional struggle, whether it's depression, anxiety, relationship conflict, losing weight, or simply handling life's challenges are all addressed, teaching you to become your own best coach. Well, Lauren, how you doing? Hi, Dad. I'm great now that I got a wonderful introduction. Oh. I've been battling against some of your... Um, more challenging introductions in the last couple of weeks. Oh, well, you are wonderful. I guess I guess that's being consistent with what what else have I called you? Well, actually that's not it's not totally fair because you called me a perennial daughter, which I thought <laughs> meant that I was <laughs> that I was only sometimes wonderful, but I looked I since looked up the definition of perennial and so I accept that as a compliment. And what did you come up with? What was the definition? It actually is um ever like it, it's ever blooming every year that's um, that next week i'm gonna say along with my ever blooming <laughs> i like that okay. ever blooming. so listen to introduce our topic today which is inferiority complex slash low self-esteem slash insecurity etc etc you get the the, the gist right mm -hmm. but we'll, we'll just use the umbrella term inferiority complex to kind of get us going but i'd like to i'd like to introduce us us it with a a very sad very sad song and, and, and i hope it doesn't bring you to tears i mean you know the song and i know you'll you'll be familiar with it but hmm. So hang on, get your tissues ready because I, I don't want you just. You ready? Wow, uh, I guess. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm. It's just. It's so sad. Here we go. Rudolph the red-nosed reindeer had a very shiny nose, and if you ever saw it, you would even say it glows. All of the other reindeer used to laugh and call him names. They never let poor Rudolph join in any reindeer game. So Rudolph, that poor red-nosed reindeer, I mean, he he was just tormented and teased. Do you think had he not prevailed on that, what is it, a foggy evening? How does that song go? Then one foggy Christmas Eve. Right. And had he not prevailed and used that glowing nose, do you think Rudolph was setting himself up for an inferiority complex? It's quite possible. Gosh, I feel like you just ruined Christmas for me a little bit. Well, I never thought of that as a sad song. Well, it, but it turned out to be okay. Yeah, but he, he right, made it. Right, because he like embraced his uniqueness. But However, he was dependent on all the other reindeer's opinions of him. Yes, but there is a but here. And that is that even though he had his one shot of, of just euphoria, the point is that those indelible, hurtful, 
remarks probably will stay with Rudolph for the rest of his life. Poor little guy. Yeah, it's good. But he's a hero now. So I think, I don't know, sometimes it's important to go through strife so you can become successful. Yeah, but I guess I guess what I'm saying in, in, in a reality context is that uh, sometimes we we do live with our insecurities, our inferiorities. Uh, they're a little bit less than conscious, a little bit underneath the surface, and they do rear their ugly heads every once in a while. Mm, Someone criticizes true. us, or you know, we we don't measure up to uh, kind of the talent we wished we had. You know, things like that. It, it leaves that. How would you describe the the feeling you get when you feel that inferiority? It's kind of a what would you guess annoying kind of. Ooh. It's like an empty feeling for me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's interesting too because inferiority can come from external sources, like the reindeers telling you that you're different or not good enough or sometimes it can come from ourselves like you know we believe something about ourselves is not good enough where others don't even recognize that so i guess it can come from two different sources yeah when you say we believe that something in us isn't good enough that's that's the key what's good enough how do we mm-hmm. how do we determine that i think we just have to find a way to really get in touch with who we are at our core, like our, our true essence, which is beyond any life circumstance. Yeah, I, I think that once you can connect inward to that, you realize who you really are, which is you will always be enough once you can contact that place inside of you. Okay. Contacting inside of me. Hello. Contacting Hello. self. Well, you remember what uh, Dr. Seuss said? something to the effect that uh what is it you you are you and no one is youer than you mm-hmm. no one's youer this you know we we have this unique arrangement of 46 chromosomes every one of us and there will never be another pattern as unique as our arrangement of uh those 46 chromosomes. 46 i thought it was 23 is it 23 from each parent equals yes. 46? Oh, oh, okay. Very good math. Something new. Very good math talent mm-hmm. there. Mm-hmm. You're not feeling overly criticized now. Actually, math is one of my uh, inferiority complexes. It's based on fact, though. I really am not good at math. Mine was spelling and, mm. of course, being married to a teacher. And, of course, you grew up to be a writer, so. Yeah, well, that's because... You know, now you have spell check. <laughs> but you know, the, the irony is that you know, with spell check, you you actually do learn over time to become a better speller, or at least I did. So there mm-hmm. there is a a fact to be a factoid there in that even our most entrenched and and the inability to spell not spell by the way is a neurological glitch. I think it affects about ten percent of the population. You do, I guess, what I am saying is you can get better. Even with things that are predetermined by our genetics, there's still wiggle room to improve. Mm. And I guess in those situations, being feeling inferior is not necessarily a negative if it inspires you to get better. Yeah, well, right? you, I'm going to use myself as a case study of one. Yeah. I, I always had an inferiority complex about my writing. And in fact, my last book, that's, I, I bring it up and I talk about it and how, how it affected me and those infamous words of my guidance counselor, which I will not repeat here. 
but it did inspire me to want to compensate and I wanted to become a writer, maybe for no other reason but to overcome that insecurity. So that was one of the incentives I had for starting my first book. I love that. I wish yeah. I could say the same for my math insecurity, but I still just avoid <laughs> it. <laughs> well, you got 23 and 23 equals 46. So I did. I did. Yeah. yeah. So I guess yeah. we're working towards a better future. So we're talking about inferiority complexes. And I'm going to give you a metaphor today that will just bring this all home. And we'll, it's not about Rudolph. We'll, we'll put that Thank aside. Goodness. Yeah, I'm still processing that. I call it my fruit metaphor. Are you ready for this? Fruit metaphor. Yeah. Sure. Now, Lauren, I, I'm, I'm going to pretend for a second that you're an apple, okay? But okay. let's say that you're a very unhappy apple. Can, mm. can you sound like an unhappy apple for me? <laughs> well, okay, I, I, I guess. I'm rotting. I guess I can't judge an unhappy apple. No. But so I won't be, I won't criticize you, but you're an unhappy, sad apple. So sad. And I ask you, I say to you, learn, uh, why are you so unhappy? And you say to me, because I want to be an orange. Mm. And then I say to you, but but learn, you're an apple. Apples <laughs> can't become oranges. And what do you say? I don't know. What do I say? <laughs> you say I want to be an I want to be an orange. Oh, because I think the orange is better than the apple. Yeah. And, and then I would say to you, Lauren, no matter how much you want to be that orange, you can't not be the apple that you are. <laughs> now you, you kind of see not. You, <laughs> you kind of see where I'm going with this. Yeah, I, it makes total sense. That. All right, but let me ask you one further question. You, you go to okay, the grocery right. store, and let's say, let's say apples and oranges and all these other fruits are sitting there on display, and these are, let's pretend they are the sentient beings and they have minds. <laughs> we just we just can't tune into their frequencies. Sentient so, apples. So, so they're 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 sitting there in their little bins. Do you, do you think the oranges are, are saying, oh, look at those apples, why can't I, well, maybe I'll be coming. I mean, you, I don't think that's going on, do you? It's a great metaphor because you've realized that would be like a futile waste of time. So <laughs> I, I, I see what you're doing here. If you're, um, an, if you're an apple, be a damn apple. That's what I'm saying. And if you're an orange, be a damn orange. Be the best damn orange you can be. And, and that's the key to a happy life. See, the problem is that we, we say, yes, but, you know, I still would rather be another fruit. So, so we, we, we let that insecurity drive us. Maybe we're, you know, somewhat satisfied with our appleness or orangeness. But there's that part of us that just feels, well, you know, if I had a little more orange in me, I'd be a lot better. Hmm. I just remembered something thinking of the apple. Yes. When, I, <laughs> when I was in second grade in Mrs. Haresta's class, we had a, um, a class play, which we had every year. And every year I used to try out for the lead role because I always wanted to try and have like all the lines to memorize and whatever. Uh, and I never, I never got the lead role until I think it was sixth grade or something. Uh, but in second grade, when I tried out for the lead, my consolation was to be the apple <laughs> in the show. That's and funny. so 
Do you remember that? Yes. I had the most amazing costume and it was a full Macintosh apple. And so I remember putting the costume on in the morning and I couldn't fit through the doorway of the classroom because <laughs> it was like too wide. Uh, but I, I kind of remember that experience because the apple, I mean, I think I only had like one or two lines to report. I think it was um, a play on Johnny Appleseed. So I was literally just the apple who fell out of the tree and that was my role. <laughs> but but instead of focusing on the fact that I wasn't good enough to be the lead, I remember being so proud that I was the only apple in the show and I had like a awesome costume. So mm. I definitely reframed the situation at hand instead of focusing on what I wasn't. I really, really got into what I was, which was an apple. Oh, the irony, the irony of this, this revelation by you. So yeah. my daughter, you've always been the apple of my eye. <clears throat> oh, I see what you yeah. did there. Well, you're doing nothing but apple-less today. Just, just is amazing. Yeah, but I want to find that costume now. But you mentioned reframing. Right. Yeah. The, you know, and that's exactly what the, the important work that has to be done with inferiority. You need to you look at what is your appleness, your orangeness, and you need to work with what is. Now, that's the healthy outcome. You found that being the only apple in that play may not have been the lead, but it was something that offered you the significance and mm, honor. The honor. <laughs> so, so you you found a way to turn not lemons into lemonade, but apples into applesauce. <laughs> but but you made it work. You made it work. Now a lot of people, if they were mired in insecurity and inferiority, would have had their apple costume on, just being jealous, being envious. I wish I had the lead in the play. It's not fair. It's just not fair. Mm. And that and that's what inferiority does. It 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 makes us want to compare ourselves to that which we feel is more impressive better than us and always thinking that who we are is not good enough mm -hmm. so you didn't have that problem you found what was good enough and you embraced it so uh, you know i compliment you because i think it's it's really what what needs to happen with any insecurity slash inferiority is we need to find a way not to just spend our lives longing to be the movie star, the star athlete, the lead in the play, but to embrace our isness. Mm -hmm. What is your isness? My isness is peace. Mm. Yeah, and you know what I mean, of course, by isness, right? I mean, uh, your inner self. Yeah, just what am I really? What is the essence of who I am? What are my 46 chromosomes all about? When, when we decide to look at the superficial aspects of life, you know, the, the Hollywood, the athletics, the this, the that, we, we're looking at externals. We go yeah. beyond who we are and we start making comparisons and measurements and we don't, we don't have enough. We don't measure up and mm -hmm. we find ways to now become very neurotic. Yeah. I, I remember when I first went away to college and it was maybe the first weekend we were there and all the girls were getting ready to go out on the weekend. And my roommate had said something to me about what jean pockets she was going to wear because I had never, I mean, I, I always, you know, would just 
buy jeans from whatever local store we would go shopping at, but never really had any concern for what designer I was wearing. Um, But at school, like everyone would choose what jeans they were wearing based on what brand they were. So that when you went out, people knew um, how expensive your jeans were. Oh, and it was like, pocket. I got it. Yeah. yeah. So the pocket itself would, would kind of indicate what, what brand it was. And it was so shocking to me to realize this world that I didn't know existed before, but it definitely brought up insecurity because it, it started me on this, in this rabbit hole of like, well, what else do people notice that I have no idea they're looking for? And so I had to kind of like sort through what that meant for me, but I fell into it for a little while where it did matter what jeans I wore. (laughs) Yeah. And it mattered. It's important because you felt that, uh, that you had to measure up. What would you say? You had to compete. You had to be. Yeah. Like fit in, I guess was part of. Yeah. And of course, if you don't fit in, that's, that's the, the grounds for profound inferiority feelings. Yes. So we're trying to fit in, especially especially if there's a wound anywhere in the past where you feel not enough socially. Um, maybe you were put down. Maybe you, your parents were just not good parents. Uh, stresses, you know, peer sibling rivalries, all that kind of stuff may set the stage for you developing a, a, a kind of self-concept that really is lacking, you know, re- low self-esteem. By the way, uh, the concept of inferiority complex is not a diagnostic category. It, it, the more the American Psychological Association would say self-esteem is more to the point, but, but we're using these interchangeably. And I think everyone has an idea what inferiority complex means. It's, it's used quite frequently and generically. Mm-hmm. So, we're, so we're talking about you know, growing up and, and maybe you know, trying to compensate for that which we feel has uh, more or less been lacking in us. And that's why I like what you say about your appleness in in that play is that when you were able to recognize that being the only apple in that play, you you found a way to be okay. Mm. Ain't nothing wrong with you, right? (laughs) So true. Yeah, it's interesting too, because as humans, we're the only species that actually has a relationship with ourselves and as you're speaking to the apple and the orange I mean obviously that was fantasy but um with as humans like we actually do interact with ourselves constantly and so there's this mind made version of ourselves that's kind of dependent on our thoughts and we speak to ourselves as if we're somebody else. We talk to ourselves in the second person uh, saying like, well, how did, how did you let that happen? Oh, I can't believe you did this or I can't believe you failed at that. And it's almost, um, you know, shocking when you hear yourself doing it because it's like, well, who, who is talking to who? And, and, and why are you talking to yourself in such like a difficult, unfriendly way? That's fun. Are you talking to me? Are you talking to me? <laughs> yeah, but that I think that's where you know our self-esteem is made through our our mind creation. Like it, we decide, you know, through our thoughts and through our conditioning whether or not we're enough. And so, you know, everybody does it to some extent. But I think sometimes if we ask ourselves, like, what if, what if we are enough? Like, how, how does that change things if, if we actually allow ourselves to just be instead of constantly criticizing? Yeah, it's, 
a lot of this, you know, when you say keeping up, a lot of this evolves, a lot of inferiorities really come about pre-adolescent and adolescence. That's, that's when our whole world is based on the, the external, the physical, how we appear socially, you know, whether we're popular or not popular, have friends or don't have friends, get dates or don't get dates. So a lot of these inferiorities, you know, come down during that adolescent period. And, and I know working with adults, I'm often impressed with how often their thinking is what I call adolescent, you know, really mired in the superficial aspects of life. And, and I think that is critically important because, you know, when, when you are an adult, 30, 40, 50, 60 years old, and, and you're wanting to just appear a certain way, and maybe that you're hypercritical and hypersensitive, and as much as we can understand that culturally, everyone likes to look good, but if it's mired in that adolescent view, then that's all there is. And that's the problem, is that our whole being, our whole essence hinges on whether we can decide that I look good enough today or my hair is good today. You know, so, so that adolescent aspect of inferiority, I think, needs to be challenged. Is that, yeah. is that me, my mature me? Or is that my inferiority slash insecurity talking? Who's, who's saying I'm not enough? Are you talking to me? <laughs> yeah, and it also, you know, it affects the way you show up in the world. So if you are stuck in this self-critical place of, you know, I don't look good enough today to be going to this party with my friends. And what if they don't like my hairdo and I didn't lose enough weight or whatever the dialogue what about, what is. What about your pocket jeans? Oh, right, right. If you forgot to wear the right pocket jeans, <laughs> then, you know, if, if you're stuck in that place, then you're not showing up to that party with presence and ease and joy. So the people around you are not going to enjoy your, your presence as much as they would if, if you didn't care what your pocket jeans looked like and what your hair and, you know, it, if, if those things were left aside and you were able to remind yourself that you are enough at your core of who you are. It doesn't matter what the external world feels like to you. Like then you're able to show up in a way that is more aligned with who you really are. And that's, that's what, you know, matters. Well, the person that, that, that shows up, you know, with that alignment typically is someone who's rather popular as opposed to someone who's profoundly uh, insecure with inferiorities all over the place that person tends to become, you know, kind of, uh, how would we say, you know, they, they're just kind of small. You know what mm -hmm. I mean? It's, yeah. you know, they, 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 they kind of criticize her. Look at what she's wearing. Oh my God. Where did she get that? <laughs> you know, so yeah. small, small minded people, people that have to put other people down, obviously, why are they doing that? To boost themselves up. Because if you're so bad and you can wear those clothes, then I must be better because I'm the judge and jury and I say that you are less than me. So there's many ways that, you know, the insecurity of inferiority tends to make us small minded. Is mm -hmm. that fair? Fair enough? Definitely fair. And I think there's another point to be made too about uh, the ability to celebrate others and celebrate the success of others in a genuine way. And uh, that often only comes when you can find security within yourself because, mm -hmm. you know, people are often triggered by others' happiness or others' successes if it's not, you know, directly connected to them. And, and it's not from a place of, of, you know, mean spiritedness. It's, it's just um, 
from a place of lack instead of abundance. And so you feel like they can't, if they have it, then I can't have it. And so mm -hmm. I think switching that mindset to realize that like, there's enough to go around for everybody. And so when other people are, are attaining success or other people are happy, we can celebrate that for them because in so doing, we then put ourselves in that same vibration where we're ready to receive. Yeah, but unfortunately, um, someone with an, an inferiority complex, when they look at others, it is this competitive kind of narcissistic feeling that uh, unless I am the lead in the play, unless I am the winner, then I must trash everybody else. So, so there's this overcompensatory aspect uh, where you tend to elevate yourself to such high standards in your own mind mm -hmm. that everyone else falls short. And of course, that's unrealistic, but that's what narcissism is. And that's, that's an outcome of severe overcompensatory kind of behavior based on inferiority. So, you know, the person that has to be better than everybody, you know, the person who just, you know, has to be the perfectionist, attention-seeking kind of person, that's another small-minded person. And we tend to look at narcissists as if they really love themselves. Well, not so true. Uh, they, they more or less love the control they feel when they're in that mode of thinking that they're better. But you see, that's an upward slope. In order to think that you're better than everyone else, you have to keep proving it. And so your life becomes one hell of a treadmill. Mm, yeah, totally. I, I was just talking to a friend the other day because we had noticed um, on social media, there are some people that, you know, update every little thing about their life in, in ways that it just doesn't seem appropriate almost. And so we are trying to distinguish, like, does, is that coming from a place of insecurity or from a place of narcissism? And well, I guess what you're saying is like, they're kind of related. Yeah, no difference, really. So, so let's say I'm, I'm doing social media now that you've introduced me to the world of um, in the internet. And, <laughs> and I'm, I'm sitting there saying, well, I just yawned. Okay, just made a cup of coffee. You know, it's almost as if the whole world is waiting with bated breath to know what I put in my coffee. Was it one sugar or two sugars? You know, so it's this narcissistic feeling that I'm so special that every little mundane thing I do is really received by the world with applause. So, so that kind of thinking is really an extreme form of insecurity. Now, of course, everything that we talk about in these podcasts, and you know, I'm always coming to, to continuums. So there's, there's the extreme, and then there's the minimal. So most people, it's a bell-shaped curve. Most people fall somewhere in the middle. But on those extremes, it's, it's really bizarre behavior when you see somebody that is so extreme that, and, and let's use this example with social media, they are so extreme that they truly come to believe that every nuance of their life is, is really what people are waiting to hear about. So that, that, that kind of self-importance, that attention-seeking behavior, it, where does it come from? It comes from a source of feeling very low. So we're elevating ourselves in, in, a, in a more compensatory way. Yeah, like needing validation. It kind of makes sense too, because you, know, you were talking earlier about how it, it, people sometimes feel like if they they need to measure up, they need to be in first place, they need to have the best things. And when they're relying on the external world to be their source of validation, there's never going to be a time where you're at peace. 
because as soon as you get the thing you're working on, the next thing has to then become your goal or else you're not going to maintain that that constant feeling of of the world giving you validation. Yeah, and it's never ending because the source of the insecurity is within. So no matter what you do externally, you know, it's just transitory peace of mind because then, then of course, the insecurity starts nagging again and you have to go on to the next accomplishment or whatever it might be. It's, it's wow. very pathetic. Yeah, that's So it would be like your appleness. And <laughs> yeah, being able to embrace your apple is, is a good thing. And, and I think it's, it's a worthwhile quest, but it's probably, you know, it's easy to think of it in terms of a metaphor, but, but what is it that we're, we're trying to embrace within us if, if the external manifestation of, of what we're after is just money, power, status, popularity, all that kind of stuff? What is it that we need to look for within? Do you, do you have any clue? Well, I think that we need to look for the peace that's felt beyond the mind which i know sounds kind of like no 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 i like that keep going but... keep going with <laughs> um yeah so i mean if you can tune into your thoughts in any given moment you'll realize there's typically a lot of chatter or a lot of emotion that's being held in the body uh, because of the thoughts but there's something underneath all of that and that's where meditation comes in because it helps you locate that and you don't necessarily have to feel it all the time because it, it is hard to access when you're living in, in a reality that's, you know, constant stimulus externally. But knowing that it's there and have, having the experience of feeling what that is below the surface, once you feel that, you really connect to who you really are, and which is like, you know, on a spiritual or soul level, which is beyond the mind. We tend to fill ourselves with the, you know, the world of chatter. And it distracts us from the present moment. It really does, because the mind tends to dwell mostly in the past and the future. And I know that that by doing that, by living about worrying about tomorrow or regretting the past, we're, we're not really able to be present. So with inferiority, of course, you're always kind of not being present. You're either comparing yourself or wishing you were someone else or hoping someone drops off the planet. Or So you're, you're anywhere but living your life in that moment. Is, is that similar to what you're saying? Yeah, I guess that's exactly what I'm saying, uh, which you said it a little bit more clearly. Uh, if you can feel into presence, into that inner stillness, that's where you find there are no attachments to the external world. There's no need to be anything other than you are. It feels very filling to experience that. And, and it, not everybody has had the experience to really feel what that's like. So I think that once you give yourself the opportunity to really feel into that uh, and understand that there's something more than just your mm -hmm. mind chatter. <laughs> Yeah, those 46 chromosomes that will never, ever, ever be replicated by anyone else on this planet. And that's your uniqueness. Yeah, I like that. I, I, I like the fact that being present, it, it's not where inferiority resides. And so if we live our lives more in a more present fashion, more connected fashion, you know, we're, we're not really dwelling on deficits. We're, we're just living correctly and i think i think that's an important point that what is our truth 
distortions of our truth uh, are in abundance. Of course, that's the inferiority projections. I'm not this, or I'm not tall enough. I'm not, uh, you know, good looking enough. Or, so, so insecurity and inferiority distort our truth. And I think the more present you are, the more you relax with your life as it is, not try to make it something it's not, not trying to be an orange if you're an apple. I think the more you find your own unique fruitness, if you will, uh, I think the more you come closer to your truth. So, so is that another way of saying that ultimately when we discard the illusions and delusions of our mind, that we start to come closer and closer to the truth of what we are and who we are. Mm, yes, absolutely. And you can find that no matter what kind of jeans you're wearing. Oh, what kind of fruit you are, right? <laughs> yeah. Oh, um, sorry, Lauren. You know, I do this to you every week and you probably know I'm going to apologize once again. Mm. You know, time just slips by when we're, we're just having so much fun, you know? <laughs> but do you know what time it is? Uh, yes, in fact, I do. It you is, do? yeah. What what time is it? It is time for the self coaching. And today's self coaching pep talk: learning your truth. Poor self concept, always putting yourself down. Well, you can begin right now to restore and replenish a healthy self esteem. And it all begins with a simple truth. There's nothing wrong with you. Never was. You may reflexively balk at this statement, especially if insecurity and faulty perceptions of inferiority have been calling the shots. But it happens to be irrefutable. When you put yourself down, you diminish your self-worth. You violate you. Stop doing it. Granted, at this point, you may not be able to flip from black to white and gush with self-love, although that would be nice. But at the very least, you can start to neutralize your negativity. Sure, you may feel inferior, but always remember, feelings are not facts. And when it comes to inferiority, your feelings are nothing more than faulty miscalculations of your truth. And what's that truth? Well, let me reiterate. There's nothing wrong with you. Never was. Oh, thank you. Wow. <laughs> super. Yes, yes. Wow, I didn't know apples had it in them to be so just extroverted. Wow, very impressive. I'm, I'm trying to uh, fully live in my Laurenness right now. Do you think there are introverted and, and extroverted fruits? What would be... An, an introverted fruit i think pineapples would be extroverted yeah okay they I have agree. like those pointy little things uh yeah i don't okay. know introverted maybe like, yeah we'll do a podcast on that i don't want anyone to fall asleep right probably now. like a cantaloupe would be introverted <laughs> um but when you were saying your pep talk it made me think too when you were saying that you know there's nothing wrong with you there never was it's it's kind of like you create your own comparisons and your own inferiorities and it's so funny that our mind, you know, is constantly speaking to us and typically in like a really negative judgmental sort of way, you know, we would never tolerate living with a roommate or a partner who talked to us the way we speak to ourselves sometimes. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, the funny thing is that we 
live with ourselves inside of our mind forever. And, you know, until we become aware of the way that we're treating ourselves, um, we're kind of like stuck with this. Yeah, yeah. It, it, you know, you're living with yourself. You know, it's like, you know, it's not a roommate you can get rid of. Um, you may not you may not feel it's the best self to live with, but right now it's the only one you got. So it's what comes No, but I think like we're often not, we're not even aware that it happens and, until we become aware. You know, it's well, not no, like- it's but, but, we, process, but we are aware that when we, are you talking to me? Like I, when I tell myself, stop it, drop it. You know, I, I am talking to myself. So I, yeah, you're right. I'm not, I'm not realizing what I'm doing, but I'm actually talking to another part of myself. Yeah. And I feel like oftentimes I'll respond to the negativity, you know, like I actually, I, I take myself into a place of feeling differently just because of my thoughts, um, which I know is, you know, typical for, for everybody. But, but once we become aware of that, we can actually choose differently. Yeah. Choose. It's always a favorite word of mine. And, and one way to really up your game when it comes to minimizing or diminishing inferiority or insecurity is to realize, catch yourself when you're thinking, you know, catch those thoughts, pay, I call it active mind, pay a little attention. And when you hear yourself saying certain things, especially, you know, bitter things about wanting people to, to fail or competing with someone else's attention or whatever it may be, when you, when you start hearing those kind of small minded thoughts, catch it, catch it and ask yourself, where's that coming from? Is that coming from my mature, healthy mind? Or is that coming from a historical, inferior, insecure place? I call it the insecurity habit, of course. And if it's not from your healthy mind, then activate your mind and realize you have a choice. Stop it, drop it. So, so I think it's important to realize that we have uh, we do have uh, the duality, if you will, not in a schizophrenic sense. We have something and someone that we talk to. Well, talk to that apple or orange. And if, if that apple or orange is trying to become a different fruit, put it in its place. And, you know, let's, let's start embracing who we need to be, not the distortions and the delusions that are perpetrated by insecurity. Amen to that. Well, I guess I guess since you're amening this uh, <laughs> podcast, let's but but let before we end, let's just say there are a few things you can do. Cognitive behavioral therapy, what that's all about. Reframe some of those thoughts. And before you say another amen, let me just mention a couple of things that you should do. You know, start reframing those thoughts, turning them into positives, or at least neutralizing them and stepping apart from the negatives. Positive affirmations, you know, our minds are very, you know, plastic and pliable. Thoughts shape our personalities and positive thoughts have an immense benefit over our well-being. So again, mold and shape your mind. Those positive affirmations matter. You know, it's what if I can really be who I am and I could stop feeling competitive and, and feeling less than. It's time for me to start embracing who I am, regardless of what my insecurity says is a deficit. That's a judgment. You know, it's lemons to lemonade. Whatever you perceive or your insecurity has declared as a deficit, flip it over. Become something more than that. Become who you are in spite of any limitations that you perceive to be a limitation. 
oh yeah, and keep a journal. That's one way to really see what we're talking about today. Because when you write it out and really see the small-minded reactions of inferiority, it, it, it may be startling for you to realize that's me. I, I feel that way. So yeah, so learn uh, reframing, maintaining a journal, positive affirmations. That, that's a, a, a good kind of structure to go by, right? When you're trying to minimize uh, inferiority. Yeah. Good. Amen to those two. <laughs> uh, and get an amen. And we got it there. We got two amens. Yeah. I think I think Lauren, you know, it's a nice sunny day. And I, I think Lauren, it's it's beach weather for you. And I can tell, you know, this podcast is not measuring up to uh to you always end with such self-deprecating inferiority <laughs> complex thoughts. Well, that's because so I stop it, drop it. An orange. That's because why? I'm an orange. Do you wish you were an apple? Sometimes. Oh, well. <laughs> anyway, so that was fun. What are you laughing at? What yeah, yeah. are you laughing at? Mm, I, I, I can't quite articulate exactly are you laughing what I'm at laughing me? at. Are you laughing at me? Kind of. All right. Okay. I'm not going to get different. You're laughing at me. <laughs> Go ahead. You can finish your self-deprecating thought. Okay. So, no, no, I, I'm, what, were you, what were you laughing at? See, just the I, way that you said you were going to end it on a, well, you didn't say, I just assumed you were going to end <laughs> it on a high note and you started that way and then you were right back to us being inferior beings. <laughs> but, but you know, one of the hallmarks of inferiority is being sensitive to criticism and your, oh, yeah. your laugh seemed so critical. So. I'm sorry. It was just a giggle. Like, all right, all right. Yeah. Hey, it's okay. No, no. I'm not gonna I'm gonna stop it drop it I'm gonna embrace who I am I'm not gonna be insecure just because you're impatient amen <laughs> so listen uh visit our websites and let's start out with self-learning oh my <laughs> studioslearning.com I almost got it it's a work in progress and anything going on with Self Studios? Our sponsor for self-coaching, anything going on with Self Studios Learning? We are working on our fall courses, which will be released soon. But you can follow us on social media at Self Studios Learning. And, uh, and and remember, there's also another website that you you might dance over to after you finish with Self Studios. Self oh, no. Self Help me out. Come I'm on. trying not to help you. Self studios learning. How can I get that? I have to get <laughs> HSL, help studios learn. Okay, next week I'll get it. So, what, when, when you finish with self studios learning, <laughs> I told you I had a, a, a spelling glitch. Now I have this glitch. So, I have yeah. two, two glitches. <laughs> I think I mentioned my spelling glitch once to you before. But anyway, so visit selfcoaching.net. See, that's another great website where, where you could learn more about our self-coaching philosophy. And while you're there, I would appreciate it if you'd check out my latest number one best-selling book, Unlearning Anxiety and Depression, the four-step self-coaching program to reclaim your life. So until next time, remember that being victimized by emotional struggle, it's not an option. And by definition, victims are powerless. And you are not powerless. So remember, everything is hard until you make it simple. So join my apple of a daughter, Lauren, and me every week. You're not going to say anything about me, Lauren? I'm not. 
and join me, the orange, the what? Okay, okay. And join me and Lauren every week, and let's make Living it simple yourself, together. Reach out for your dreams. Don't surrender. There is more than it seems. Hold on and fight. Follow your heart. This is your way. Love is what you make.